Welcome to St Paul's Cathedral for this service of Evensong on the seventh Sunday after Trinity. Wherever you're joining us from, we're delighted to share with you in this time of worship. Some words from our psalm for today. I will rejoice forever and will sing praises to the God of Jacob. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall show forth thy praise. O God, make speed to save us.
Here begins the 11th verse of the 6th chapter of the first book of Kings. The word of the Lord came to Solomon. Concerning this house that you are building, if you will walk in my statutes, obey my ordinances and keep all my commandments by walking in them, then I will establish my promise with you, which I made to your father David. I will dwell among the children of Israel and will not forsake my people Israel. So Solomon built the house and finished it. In the inner sanctuary, he made two cherubim of olive wood, each 10 cubits high. Five cubits was the length of one wing of the cherub and five cubits the length of the other wing of the cherub. It was 10 cubits from the tip of one wing to the tip of the other. The other cherub also measured 10 cubits. Both cherubim had the same measure and the same form. The height of one cherub was 10 cubits and so that was of the other cherub. He put the cherubim in the innermost part of the house. The wings of the cherubim were spread out so that a wing of one was touching one wall and a wing of the other cherub was touching the other wall. Their other wings towards the centre of the house were touching wing to wing. He also overlaid the cherubim with gold. He carved the walls of the house all round about with carved engravings of cherubim, palm trees and open flowers in the inner and outer rooms. The floor of the house he overlaid with gold in the inner and outer rooms. For the entrance to the inner sanctuary he made doors of olive wood. The lintel and the doorposts were five-sided. He covered the two doors of olive wood with carvings of cherubim, palm trees and open flowers. He overlaid them with gold and spread gold on the cherubim and the palm trees. So also he made for the entrance to, to the nave two doorposts of olive wood, each four-sided and two doors of cypress wood. The two leaves of one door were folding, and the two leaves of the other door were folding. He carved cherubim, palm trees, and open flowers, overlaying them with gold evenly applied upon the carved work. He built the inner court with three courses of dressed stone to one course of cedar beams. In the fourth year, the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid, in the month of Ziv. In the eleventh year, in the month of Bull, which is the eighth month, the house was finished in all its parts and according to all its specifications. He was seven years in building it. Here ends the first lesson.
Here begins the 12th chapter of the Acts of the Apostles. King Herod laid violent hands upon some who belonged to the church. He had James, the brother of John, killed with the sword. After he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. This was during the festival of unleavened bread. When he had seized him, he put him in prison and handed him over to four squads of soldiers to guard him, intending to bring him out to the people after the Passover. While Peter was kept in prison, the church prayed fervently to God for him. The very night before Herod was going to bring him out, Peter, bound with two chains, was sleeping between two soldiers, while guards in front of the door were keeping watch over the prison. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared and a light shone in the cell. He tapped Peter on the side and woke him, saying, Get up quickly. And the chains fell off his wrists. The angel said to him, Fasten your belt and put on your sandals. He did so. Then he said to him, Wrap your cloak around you and follow me. Peter went out and followed him. He did not realise that what was happening with the angel's help was real. He thought it was seeing a vision. After they had passed the first and the second guard, they came before the iron gate leading into the city. It opened for them of its own accord, and they went outside and walked along a lane, when suddenly the angel left him. Then Peter came to himself and said, Now I am sure that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from the hands of Herod and from all that the Jewish people were expecting. As soon as he realised this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose other name was Mark, where many had gathered and were praying. When he knocked at the outer gate, a maid named Rhoda came to answer. On recognising Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed that instead of opening the gate, she ran in and announced that Peter was standing at the gate. They said to her, You are out of your mind. But she insisted that it was so. They said, It is his angel. Meanwhile, Peter continued knocking. And when they opened the gate, they saw him and were amazed. He motioned to them with his hand to be silent and described for them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. And he added, Tell this to James and to the believers. Then he left and went to another place. Here ends the second lesson.
I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. Lord, have mercy upon us. Christ, have mercy upon us. Lord, have mercy upon us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. Beseech thee, O Lord, 
and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night. For the love of thy only Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ.
May I speak in the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. Many of us are familiar with the iconic photographs of the dome of St Paul's Cathedral, standing tall and secure amidst the bombed-out buildings of this part of the City of London, taking during the Second World War. Though there was some damage to other parts of the cathedral, thanks to the hard work and vigilance of the Cathedral Watch, the Cathedral Dome, which for so many people is the essence of St Paul's, stood firm. It stood tall. For many people, that image of the Cathedral Dome represented security and hope in a time of immense fear and change. I was interested to see that a number of news broadcasts that I watched during the height of the coronavirus national lockdown used St Paul's Cathedral Dome as a background image, perhaps intending to invoke a similar sense of security and hope. Our first reading told us about King Solomon building the temple in Jerusalem about 950 years before Christ was born. Though it didn't have our amazing dome, those who saw the temple building then would have been filled with awe and wonder at its beauty and lofty scale, just in the way that people today have when they see St Paul's Cathedral. After centuries of being in slavery, of being homeless and in the midst of civil war, the people of Israel were now settled in the land. And this was when the temple building began. So for people of that day, the temple was to them a sign of their safety and security. Or was it? 400 years later, that temple was destroyed. Yes, it was rebuilt, but then later it was destroyed again. Jesus called his followers to put their trust in him, not in a building or in any material thing around them, no matter how holy that thing might seem to be for them. Our New Testament reading tells the wonderful story of the miraculous escape of Peter from prison, where he was awaiting trial or execution, an escape that neither he nor those praying for him were expecting. But let us not skip quickly over the second sentence of this reading, which tells us that King Herod had had James, the brother of John, killed with a sword. For many of us, the story of the call of James and John, the sons of Zebedee, called by Jesus when they were out fishing in their father's boat on Lake Galilee, is one of the best remembered and cherished stories from childhood. Now, in today's New Testament reading, we hear how Peter is miraculously able to escape persecution, but James isn't. The Christian faith is not a panacea. Believing in Jesus does not give an automatic escape from difficulties, dangers and diseases that other people face. A church building is not virus free because it is the church, 
much as many of us would like it to be. Christians are not immune from COVID-19 because we trust in God. That doesn't mean that amazing things can't happen. But if Christians can expect to face the same trials and challenges as anyone else, what then is different for people of Christian faith? In today's psalm, we heard how the psalmist celebrated God as the God of justice, holding up the pillars of the vulnerable earth, calling us to share in his passion for justice, but assuring us that judgment for anything that is wrong is in his hands. This God of eternity calls us to share his life for all of eternity. A magnificent building like the temple or St Paul's Cathedral reminds us to look up to look up to see beyond the human difficulties that we face. To look up to see ourselves caught up into the life of God, part of something that is so much bigger, so much beyond this present human experience. But as we look up, so we believe God looks down to us and indeed that in Christ we believe he comes down to us. He is always with us in times of sorrow and in times of joy. That is our security. That is our hope. Let us pray. We pray for God's holy people throughout the world, praying today for the Evangelical Lutheran Church of Lithuania and for Mindors, their bishop, for the church in this land. And within this, our diocese, we pray for Sarah, our bishop, and for the Spelthorne Deanery, and for Joseph, their area dean. We pray for the peace of the world, for those entrusted with authority and influence over others, and we remember before God those who are sick or undergoing treatment at this time, and for all who are worried or bereaved. In stillness, we bring before the Lord our own petitions and prayers, uniting them with those that have been offered in the cathedral today. Eternal God, the support of those who call upon you. Receive our prayers and assist us with your most gracious help and give your angels charge over us this night that we may rest in your love and be restored in your grace. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen.